0: It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 22, The Double Deuce. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're going to talk Big Ten football today, and the timing is right. One of the best-connected college football writers in the Big Ten is Scott Doctorman from The Athletic. He's based in Iowa and covers the Hawkeyes on a regular basis, but has dialed into the Big Ten and on the national scene as well, regularly breaking college football news. And there's news to talk about here in the past couple of weeks especially regarding the potential of the Big Ten doing away with the divisional format in football, which will be the basis for most of our discussion here on the Go Gopher podcast. We'll talk about the pros and the cons, what a new TV deal might mean, and could expansion talks be back on the table at some point? We'll also look ahead to the fall of 2022 and get a read on the upcoming football season. Scott Docterman is in Minneapolis today, and we're thrilled to have him on the Go Gopher podcast. Before we get to that, though, I want to once again, Again, invite you, our listeners, to be part of our new feature on the Go Gopher Podcast. We'll run it periodically. We'll call it the Mailbag segment. You can tweet to me any question you want about the Gophers, about broadcasting, about Minnesota, any interviews we've done on the Go Gopher Podcast, or anything else. And every few weeks, we'll collect the very best questions. I'll answer them on the Go Gopher Podcast. So, if you want to be part of the first group of questions in the coming weeks, start sending me questions. You can do so by tweeting at me. My handle is MikeGrim3, or you can hashtag the question or comment with hashtag Podcast. Our Podcast is presented by alumni owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a no cost, confidential, no obligation business valuation today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Of course, he's a big Gopher fan. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen at any time, and it is free. You can also go back to listen to our previous podcast, including last week's show, which showcased Gopher freshman baseball player Bray. Council. I'd also invite you to offer feedback on our podcast or share or retweet the links to the Go Gopher podcast so others can find out about the podcast and listen for free. When we come back though, we're talking Big Ten and Golden Gopher football with the Athletics' Scott Docterman. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky UMA, Ma, go Gophers. Welcome to episode number 22. It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, and it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast from The Athletics. Scott Docterman is in town. We're conducting this interview in person, and uh, it, that's pretty cool. Good to see you, Scott.
1: Yeah, great to see you, Mike. I love Minneapolis. I I think i know my way in my sleep if I needed to drive here <laughs> with two kids going to college here, but uh, great town. Gr- glad to be here, and, I, and it just happened to work out perfectly. To, this is
0: awesome. This. Yeah, this is awesome. In fact, we're recording this on your son's birthday. You were up here celebrating his birthday.
1: 23rd birthday. It's yeah. just the time goes so fast. You don't even think about it. And you're like, wow, my son's 23. You're you're from being a college graduate. Uh, time has flown fast. But yeah, it's been it's a perfect day, too, except for the little wind. But
0: yeah. other than yeah. that, great. And you have both kids in the cities. You, of course, are based in the Cedar Rapids area. You're from Burlington, Iowa. Yeah. You cover the Hawkeyes on a regular basis. But you're dialed into the Big Ten, which is uh, the main reason I ask you uh, on to the podcast, because there's a lot going on in college athletics, as we all all know. but um, So your two kids are both up here in the Twin Cities, uh, coming north uh, from Iowa.
1: Absolutely. They're, I'm blessed that they both live together. Yeah. So they live in the same apartment. But yeah, my son's a graduate, uh, you know, last year from MCAD, Minneapolis College of Art and Design, and my daughter will be a senior there. And, you know, they stayed with us for about 15 months during the COVID era. And that was that was tough on everybody, tough on them, tough on everybody, no matter where you lived. But, uh, but now they've been up here now for about another year. And they're they're living together there in the Nicolette area, yeah. so yeah, they're really enjoying life, and uh, we enjoy coming up to visit them with them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I've seen on occasion you'll tweet out some some different sketches and drawings that they have done, and they're pretty talented.
1: Yeah, we were just in Dinky Town this morning. <laughs> we went to Al's breakfast. Oh man, love that diner. And uh, my son was just doodling. He's like, he did like this battle for Floyd of the Gophers and Hawkeyes, and uh, so they put it up. And I'm like, yeah, you guys got to fly that, you know, yeah. when they play in, in November. So yeah. He he's really talented and he likes doing some of the sports. I'll stuff. have
0: to take a peek at that the next time I'm in there eating. That's pretty cool, and that will be a crossroads game, even though it's late in the year, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to here as we uh, continue with uh, with our conversation. Scott Docterman from the Athletic, and let's talk about. I think to me, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the NIL and the uh, and the transfer portal because it's there's so much info out there. People can get it, and I don't know if you and I talking about it really matters much anyway, because there's going to be a lot. Uh, moving, uh, you know, a lot of moving parts in that over the next, you know, two or three years probably. Um, I'm more interested in, specific to the Big Ten, the idea of divisions and whether they're going to get taken away and whether they're just going to go with the top two in a 14-team league and what that might mean for a TV deal, what it might mean for potential expansion. There's a lot uh, at stake probably in terms of divisions and and I don't know, maybe uh, I'm on the outside of this, but to me that's the most intriguing part, particularly if I'm Thinking the way I'm thinking, I think it's particularly interesting for schools like Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska especially because uh, in the West, mm-hmm. it's a little different than if you're you know, going up against Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State on a regular basis every year which is, I think all of this might be in part an answer to Penn State complaining about it for years, yes. right? Uh, anyway, uh, within the last couple of weeks, there's been some some guidance, right, from the NCAA in terms of some deregulation on divisions. And you are in the thick of covering it. So I'll kind of turn the table over to you to, to, to at least give our listeners an idea of what's really happening with that nationally. And then as it uh, relates to the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, two weeks ago, the NCAA Division One Council went ahead and finally deregulated divisions because there have been leagues like the Big 12 that have asked for a waiver during the COVID uh, era, you know the ACC did when it added Notre Dame for a year, and and so there's been a lot of confusion. But then there's also been a lot of push, you know, with the SEC now adding Oklahoma and Texas at 2025 or earlier, that everybody wants to do their own thing to decide their own champion, and and so the the Division One Council decided to deregulate the whole thing, which then led to the Big Ten now trying to decide what it wants to do for its future. And in talking to five different ADs when I was at the Big Ten meetings, including Mark Coyle uh, with Minnesota, you got a sense that there's a lot of different not necessarily ideas or thoughts, but just perspectives on what they want to see from the next iteration of whether it's divisional alignment, which it probably won't be, or what's the most important thing to do on a frequent basis in scheduling. And and first and foremost, yes, Penn State's been the one that's been the <laughs> most, biggest complainer. And, and it's understandable to some extent because they have Goliath in their road mm-hmm. um, every year in, in Ohio State. And, and when I looked at East West, you know, what does this make sense? I mean, there's this perception that the West doesn't hold up its end of the of the bargain, and in championships that's true to an extent. But in regular season play, the the East only leads the West seventy seven to seventy, and in but in championship games it's eight to
0: nothing. But Ohio State's eighteen and two against right. the West. I mean, you think about that if you put. Ohio State in the east or in the in the West, uh, then everyone's talking to you know. Really, yeah. Ohio State yes. is is an outlier, right? You almost have to kick them out. I since, mean, in yeah. terms of the discussion,
1: since they went to divisions, they're sixty one and five against, against all Big Ten teams. Yeah. Eighteen and two against the West. We remember the two that they lost because right. they were just so you know shocking.
0: And they've and, probably been favored in every one of those games. Oh, yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> when were they not favored? Ma- maybe maybe the,
0: at Michigan State one of those years yeah. or something. I don't know exactly. I mean, so. And then uh, they're 5-0 and in Indianapolis.
1: So you take – you remove Ohio State and it's – you've got kind of t- a tiered structure where the consistent teams are, you know, Penn State, Michigan for the most part, Iowa, Wisconsin certainly. Uh, Michigan State has been good and up and down, right. Northwestern, and then Minnesota has been pretty good. So you've kind of got this tiered structure among the rest. And so in Penn State's defense, I guess you could say is, look – we just want a path to, to the championship game. And and even – we may be as good as the West Division champion, but we'll never get there
0: right. because of this. I think that's the th- – literally there. there's people on the record there saying we just want Wisconsin's path. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and so, I don't blame them, but is that reason enough to just do away with divisions, I guess, is a question.
1: Exactly. And is it – or is it, hey, OK, Penn State, we're going to just kick you west and move like, say, Purdue east and, right. and we'll call it good. Well – that's the part of the problem we've seen with the Big Ten is some of the scheduling ir- irregularity. And uh, like oh, Iowa and Ohio State haven't played in Columbus since 2013. Wow. Um, Indiana and Illinois, which were once protected under that 11-team structure, yeah. uh, haven't been in Bloomington since 2013. That's That's got to get uh, alleviated. So when you look, talk to Gene Smith about it as long as his primary rivalry games, you know, Michigan and, and probably Penn State, get protected, he just wants to cycle through more of these opponents. That makes perfect sense. Penn State, on the other hand, says we don't have a rival that we would want to pound the table for, which is understandable. A little, I think Sandy Barber's on her way out, so yeah. it may, but then when you start to talk to Mark Coyle or Gary Barta at Iowa, we didn't get the chance to talk to Chris McIntosh at, at Wisconsin or Trev Alberts at Nebraska, but certainly the three, the the Triangle that we care about a lot, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. I mean, these are century plus old rivalries. Wisconsin, Minnesota, the oldest or most played rivalry in Division I. Iowa, Minnesota, it's it's nearly there. Iowa, Wisconsin, it's in that same ballpark. So I think everybody's fan bases care about those games so much that they don't want to see those imploded. And then you throw in Nebraska, well, if you protect only two games, then who's Iowa? As right. Iowa going to have to punt on somebody? right? And, and Nebraska also gets a voice. Nebraska would probably prefer to play Iowa. Iowa, there's a lot of equity in that series.
0: That's I mean, become a great rivalry, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. you live in western Iowa. That's a big deal, exactly. Iowa-Nebraska. yeah.
1: Two big fan bases that— do not like each other. They haven't played for anything at stake yet. Right. But once they do, it'll it'll explode. But uh, but I I know talking to Iowa fans, if they had their preference, the large scale of them, it's keep Minnesota and Wisconsin because right. those are the two oldest rivals. But so that's where I think the the interesting part of this is who you know Penn State doesn't have a rivalry it will pound the table for right. Iowa has three, Minnesota has three plus. I mean right, because
0: people here would say Michigan. Yeah you know, as well with the little brown jug, which dates to 19-whatever-it-is-03. Oh, yeah. that that's the oldest rivalry trophy in college football. It was maybe the first one.
1: Exactly. It was, was the first one. It was a great rivalry for so many years. But, you know, that one has only been played 17 times over 30 right. years. So yeah. it's it's kind of cycled it's out. Not
0: like I, it's not like Floyd. It's not like the axe for yeah. Minnesota. That's for sure. Yeah. Right.
1: And Nebraska-Minnesota has become an important game, I right. think, for both programs. It's within driving distance. And for Nebraska, that would be a, a plus. And then I know with Nebraska, and their thoughts that they want to turn the Wisconsin series into a rivalry. It certainly is not, Mm -hmm. at least on the field right. right now. Uh, and, and then there are other teams, you know, Northwestern figures into Wisconsin or Iowa and and what have you. So there's just and so Illinois different...
0: shares a border with Iowa, and that's been pretty heated over yes. the years. Maybe more in basketball, but yeah. you know, you think about Iowa because of where they're located. They've got four or five border schools. Yeah. You know, the border battles are huge. Exactly. You
1: know, you're from that state, so you know what it's all right, about. No doubt. Every you know, the West Division is perfectly set up for Iowa more yeah. than any other team because the only team that's not on its border is Purdue, and it might as well be because right. it's just right across the Illinois Indiana yeah. border. So, but then you you have those perspectives. And then you have you know Michigan as Michigan State and and uh, Ohio State. You know what does Indiana Purdue think? What does Illinois think? So all of these kind of fit into the same discussion. And then it's like, how do we cycle through as many opponents as possible without damaging the rivalries and still give them a path to Indianapolis? But the one thing that they can all agree on that I figured out is. They all want to make sure that they get the most teams to the college football playoff whenever mm-hmm. it expands. Yeah. So is that through divisional play? Is it through one single division and no rivalries? Well, we know that's not going to happen. But, or is it to, through two or three? And I think the two or three is where the discussion is going to end up. And that's where Mark Coyle and Gary Barta got a fight. They, yeah. They've got to fight for their rivalries to make right. sure it happens. And I think Minnesota will be OK because at minimum, if they have two, they're going to play Wisconsin and Iowa. Right. Iowa is the one that might struggle with that because it might lose Wisconsin again, just like it did with Legends and Leaders. Yeah, uh, and same thing with Wisconsin because I know that it would want to play Iowa too. Yeah,
0: and it, and and I, it's interesting because we can lead into this part of it too because I I I actually struggle a little bit with the idea of no divisions, and it's not just because it does probably suit Minnesota better and Iowa better to be in the West. I don't think. That, yes, I mean. You can be for what, mm-hmm. you know, you can be for the team, you know, that you kind of followed. Yeah, this is better for them. But on, on top of it, just from a competitive balance situation, uh, first of all, there's, uh, are there any sports leagues that don't do divisions? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think so, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden college football wants to punt those. So here's my thought. If it's the college football playoff that they're worried about, so if it goes to 12 teams and mm-hmm. the Big Ten's trying to get three in? Yeah. Is that the idea? That's That'd be right. Yeah. And and so if, I guess my thought would be, if they go with just the top two, you could potentially be in danger of getting one in.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because if, if, if one beats two, uh-huh. and two has two losses, and three has two losses, you, none of them might get in. I, I do think that they they might be better off protecting number 2. Don't put them in yeah. the championship game. Keep the divisions. Like even last year as an example, it was a 12-team playoff. If Iowa upsets Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, they're probably going to get two in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're going to get three in, mm-hmm. right? Where if they had just just kind of protected Michigan and Iowa upset Ohio State, you got three in. Right. Right? Do you follow what I'm saying there?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's take a a typical year, and and Penn State's been the one that's chirped the loudest. Right. If you have a year where you have Ohio State 1, Penn State 2 in the East, and Wisconsin coming out of the West, and you have Ohio State playing Wisconsin, and and Wisconsin might have a better record playing in the West Division. Now, again, that's somewhat unfair because I think there's a higher floor in the West, Yes. and and then there's a a lower floor in the East when you look at those three teams that they haven't been as successful as the Worst teams in the West, but still, let's say that they are eleven and one in the regular season. Ohio State's twelve and zero, and Penn State's eleven and one. are only lost coming to Ohio State. Um, you maybe you only get, as you said, two teams instead of three because if Penn State's okay, you're not going to Indianapolis, but you're going to be a the the five or six you'll be team. in. Right? You're in. Yeah. Um, Ohio State, if win or lose, you're in. But you know, Wisconsin, well. Okay, you lost to Ohio State. There's no business in that. But if you're Penn State and you lost two games to Ohio State, that might, might punt you down. Yeah. So, so they do got to look at that. And I think an expanded playoff may provide more amp for keeping the divisions right. the way they I are. I agree.
0: Or if it's eight, if they yeah. only take eight, then yeah. I don't see any way you want to do-, do away with divisions, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to get two in. Yeah. And you and you really re- run the risk if the if you put the top two in, mm-hmm. if one beats two. One might be the only team in to an 18 field. Where if you protect two, right, like if two is Penn State and it's sitting there at 11 and one, and let's say a let's say a 10 and two Hawkeye team or a 10 and two Gopher team goes in and loses yeah. to Ohio State, Ohio State's in, right. Michigan's in, if they're, or Penn State's in if they're sitting there at 11-1, but if you take the top two and Ohio State blows out Penn State, they're not in an 18 field. Exactly.
1: You know, look at what the SEC has done to foster those. This this last year was kind of an outlier when you had Georgia and Alabama, both right. at the elite levels, but but the years, I think it was when Alabama and LSU would get in, uh, then you know, If I recall correctly, Alabama won the championship but finished second in its division because it didn't have to have that second loss. And so that, that to me is something that the Big Ten needs to consider. I think they need to consider everything. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'm glad that this is out there before they made a decision because I think everybody's voice is important. I don't – you don't want to see somebody compromise – On something really valuable, which to me, I think rivalries are as valuable as there is in this sport. Yeah, it's what it's built on. You know, if you were to take out Floyd to Rosedale game, Mm -hmm. that that's one of the worst things they could possibly do. That is something everybody looks forward to. Or Iowa Wisconsin, which could be on the chopping block. Or you know, and take the East. You know, what happens if it's okay, Michigan, Michigan State, you're gone that's something that you just can't do. That's what this sport is built upon. So if you're the Big Ten, you've got to throw all that into that same discussion.
0: No doubt. I even think last year, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Minnesota beats Wisconsin. That puts Iowa in the championship, which was a sidebar to that story. But if that's just a normal game, the axe isn't part of it, it's just a border rival, um, you know, it's it's a fun win. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you think about the rivalry trophy, the Gophers had not won that thing in Minneapolis since 2003. Um, it, it took it to a level of which it was a field rush of which people still are euphoric about it yeah. all these months later. In fact, uh, tomorrow, as we tape this on a Tuesday, tomorrow I'll be golfing in, in our friend Daryl Thompson's charity golf <laughs> outing at Boulder Options. And guess what's going to be out there? Yeah. Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah, people are going to get their pictures with it. It's... Also, all these months later, people are still loving it. And without that axe, that game's important. But that part of it, that piece of it, you can't you can't lose that. Um, do you think quickly? Do you think they'll go eight teams or twelve teams when they uh, go to a championship uh, or when they expand the playoffs? Uh, and how soon do you think that will be, talking with people?
1: I think it'll be 12 teams like what was proposed. And I think it'll be for the uh, 2025 season or 2026 gotcha. season, I should say, gotcha. that, that year. So we've got four more years of the four team playoff.
0: And I think if it's 12 teams, the divisions are more at risk than if it's eight. What do you think? In terms, are more at risk of being eliminated.
1: Yeah, I think you're or do right. You disagree? I disagree. Mean, I think you're right there. Now, if it was to stay at four, then I think they're completely going to be eliminated, be, uh, right? Because then yes. two needs that shot, and yes. if it's Penn State or Michigan or you know, and, and maybe we're underselling the West a little bit because Iowa and Wisconsin have had some good teams too uh, through this mix. But yeah, number two needs their best shot to, to get into a four team right. in the Big Ten. The SEC has been able to it's live a different deal, yeah, yeah. But they have an eight team; they have eight games. It's right. nine, although yeah. they are going to go to nine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's if it goes twelve. I, I I think 12 is, is a flip of the coin at this point.
0: Yeah, whether they do away with divisions. Then the other thing about the competitive thing, back to my thought on most sports leagues, NFL, NBA, NHL, they all do divisions because it's impossible to do a round-robin, MLB, yeah. I mean all these. And so to me the problem with doing away with divisions and just putting the top two is you talked about the scheduling chaos that, that happens, you know, are the protected rivals? Well, we're going to have every single year now um, a bunch of teams that are going to be fighting it out, to play Ohio State probably right yeah. in Indianapolis and all those teams to me are going to be like oh well especially if there's protective rivals if you look at Minnesota let's say they protect Nebraska Iowa let's say it's 3 they protect mm-hmm. Nebraska Iowa and Wisconsin well that's 8 division winner 8 18, eight times those three teams have won the division in the last eleven years, mm-hmm. right? Wisconsin five, Iowa twice. Nebraska did win one. They yeah, lost right. like seventy to nothing, but they did, they <laughs> yeah. did win one of the. I don't remember even if they were legends or leaders, but they, yeah. they got in. Um, I think it was like was that the was that Wisconsin that Wisconsin hung it on them,
1: beat them seventy to thirty one. Yeah, 31. yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Bo Pelini. Anyway, um, and and so you've got that situation where at the same time uh, a Northwestern might every year get to play Purdue, Illinois, and who else? Uh, you know, somebody Michigan else. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. And to me, Indiana made it. Yeah, right. like, like, if that's the three, mm-hmm. that right off the bat's a competitive imbalance, right? In, uh, and there, there is already that, but to me, at least with divisions, you're playing the same, the same six, mm-hmm. right, every year, and then yeah. you add the three crossovers, and we still hear complaints about the crossovers. Now if you do away with divisions, let's say it's three or two, um, Every year, a team one and a team two that wins it, they're not going to play six, mm-hmm. right? Six of the 14 teams in the league. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear, oh, well, Michigan State's the second best team, but they didn't they didn't have to play, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, Wisconsin gets in again. They yeah. didn't have to play Ohio State. You know, it's a, it'll be really chaotic. And then tiebreakers will be. Oh, yeah. There might be a two- or three-way tie now. Because in divisions, you're just... You got seven teams you're breaking ties with. Mm -hmm. And if you're just going one and two, you've got 14 teams you're breaking ties with. um, And all those teams haven't played six other teams in the league. So there's not going to be the head-to-head stuff that are going to make easy tiebreakers.
1: It's going to be very complicated.
0: And I think most
1: years, it might be fairly simple. You might have like a, a 9-0 and Ohio State. We're using yeah. them as because they're the flagship program right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and you might have an 8-1 and Michigan and an 8-1 and Wisconsin who didn't play. Then it's like, okay, well, how did you do against Ohio sure. State? And then you kind of go down that line. But what about the years where – uh, you have a 9-0 and and then you have four and 7-2 teams, you know, that they just right. beat each other up and everybody lost to the champion basically. That's where the the challenge is going to come and it's going to come to how do you do against a 5-4 and team, you know, and three of them beat them and yeah. one of them didn't and, and you kind of go through <laughs> that. So it, it, that's a really complicated scenario. And then the other part is, and this is where it, it's tricky in the East and in the West it's easier to see and that is when you have division play, uh, divisional play, it allows teams to, to kind of feel like their season matters longer. For sure. You know, look at last year. I mean, Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin all had a chance going to that final weekend. Exactly. And if it wasn't for kind of a miraculous comeback by Iowa and Nebraska, the Gophers would have been in Indianapolis right. against Michigan, playing for the jug and for uh, and the title, <laughs> yeah. um, which would have been neat. But uh, instead, so it kept everybody in, whereas maybe it would have been just Michigan-Ohio State in a rematch.
0: You know the next, weekend. which it could be a lot, yeah. Right? Which which get, well. because I do think the Big Ten has to be weary about that of eliminating um, eliminating uh, eight teams. Yeah. Uh, you know half the season in because right. because if you're if you're in the West and you start two and two, mm-hmm. you've got a shot. If you're no divisions and you start two and two, you might be five weeks into the season and say we're screwed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, exactly. you know, I, I've always thought Notre Dame has that disadvantage sometimes because Notre Dame has nothing to play for but to the national title. Yeah, and if they lose two of the first five, they're just sleepwalking the rest exactly. of the season. They're in a death march, and and so now they've had some success in recent years, but through much of where they were kind of in between with Bob Davy and whoever else, you know, Charlie Weiss, and I, I really thought part of that was. Um, the, the it's hard to engage a team when their dreams's gone five weeks into a season where with divisions you're you're leaving teams tracking along there a little bit and um you know I, yeah I, I just think they got to be careful about the whole thing
1: and that's and and but then again that's where in the west hey great great right. discussion in the east it's like but you always have Ohio State right. there or Michigan and Penn State now yeah. M- Michigan and State. Ohio State would have met last year, and but before that, it would have been 2006. Because Michigan has just not been the program that it once was. It might be that way again, Um, so you don't want those back-to-back rematches. But it could happen. I just I wonder right now, you know, what what's the appetite for it? It seems to me that it is heading into divisionless play, yeah, and with protected rivalries. But how many? And that's. To me, where the, the essence of the debate's going to come is, do we protect? You know, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State might say, you know what, we don't need to protect anybody. Uh, whereas teams like Minnesota and Iowa say, look, we've we've got great rivalries and traditions. We need to keep these. Yeah. And and, uh, and I think that's where. Whether it's Gary Barda or, or Mark Coyle, they, they need to use their voice and, in that room because it can get overshadowed very quickly. I've seen the way sometimes that room operates.
0: Right, for sure. Because you got, you, you know, they're, although at the Big Ten level, everyone's kind of sharing the piece of the pie, there's still a little bit of, you know, have and have nots mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, power plays and, oh, well, you know, you're just. You know this school, so you yeah. we're going to stick you playing a you know a road game, uh, you know someplace else. The other thing you mentioned, uh, nine conference games, is that still feasible with non-divisions? Because then you'd have half the league playing five home games and half the league playing would it be five road games? Right, it'd be an imbalance schedule that way as well. Can it can it stay at nine if it, if they do away with divisions?
1: That's a great point, and that's one the coaches will howl about because. The one thing now with the East and West, that those divisions, you know, you're, you're, everybody in the West is playing four at home right. and five on the road or vice versa. So, which,
0: is, which, again, keeps that competitive, at least equity somewhat, right? Exactly. You can live with it.
1: But if you're having Ohio State have five home games and Michigan have four and, and Wisconsin only have four, you know, then it, it really skews that competitive equity. And that's something that absolutely needs to be discussed. They will keep it nine. And the biggest part of that is they discussed cutting to eight with the alliance, with the the Pac-12 and the Mm -hmm. ACC. But I think once they started looking at the numbers, they realized that the Big Ten has a lot more to offer than those two leagues. And I went through it. There were 72 games last year that had at least 3.5 million viewers. Fifty-eight of them involved e- either the Big Ten or the SEC. In fact, thirty-two involved more with the Big Ten more than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, the Pac-12 was four, and the ACC by itself, and the ACC was zero. In fact, the Iowa Nebraska game on BTN drew almost as many viewers as the ACC championship did. Well, wow, that's that, that Black
0: Friday match. Yeah, yeah,
1: right, and that's on BTN versus um, network TV, you know, ABC, I think yeah. it was. So. The Big Ten realized awfully quick that, okay, yeah, it's great to have Michigan play USC or Ohio State play Clemson, but are you really not going to play Iowa, Michigan State, and instead Michigan State's going to go to Boston College and Iowa's going to go to NC State? Right, uh, that makes no sense. Well,
0: and that, even with the non-divisions, I get the idea that people want to play. Like Illinois yeah. should definitely be playing Indiana more often, yeah. uh, and and those things. But then by the same token. Like I, I think about uh, Iowa, especially, having grown up there. We're both yeah. Iowa guys. Um, you know, if all of a sudden uh, you're not playing Illinois every year, yeah, and all of a sudden Rutgers and Maryland come to town a little more often, nobody's going to want that right. either. So you got to you got to also be careful. I mean, it's a regional sport that has a national footprint. It's yeah. a really tricky. This is I mean, this is not chess. This is beyond chess now of what they're trying to figure out. So. Um, I know there was some slight discussion that maybe even they'd go to 10 Big Ten games. Because I know some ADs are like, you know, that's, that's one less game we have, you know, if you, if you play 10, then you don't have to, everyone plays 10, and you don't have to pay somebody $5 million yeah. to come in and risk losing to somebody and get yeah. embarrassed, and, um, you know, you still would do that, but it would be one less, yeah. um, but I, I'm a guy that I also like some of those non-conference matchups. Gophers are going to North Carolina, we were in Colorado yeah. last year, there were, that was the best uh, road game, I've been here 16 years, that was the best road game um, show-up-wise yeah. in terms of attendance, the Gophers had to have, 50, I don't know. Ten to fifteen thousand fans there for that road game in Colorado, and um, I think you know North. I think the Gophers go to North Carolina in two years, and there's a there's a game coming up. I'm trying to remember where they're all. The BYU game got bounced because of the 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 COVID situation, but that would have been a great place to go visit and play a game. So uh, there's a lot of uh, moving parts. So if it stays at nine, they've got to figure out some some ways to to make that a little more equitable as well, because on certain years, if you're tied for second with somebody and they played five home games and you played four I'm not real thrilled about that right if you're that team
1: exactly and you're making a great case to keep the divisions by saying that because that's what the coaches will look at first right it's like you know if you're Iowa Wisconsin which have kind of been the top two record wise over the geographic era uh, if Wisconsin has five home games and Iowa has four Kirk Ferentz is going to say you know he's not going to complain about it but he's going to kind of Right. You know, throw it out there. Hey, Somebody
0: the will. Yeah, and you know? then they should.
1: Or Penn State and Ohio State because we know James yeah. Franklin will.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> For sure, <laughs> you know, right? He does a lot of things. But uh, And you make a great point about non-conference games too. I mean the Big Ten has been good about playing 10 Power 5 opponents every year, 9 yeah. in their conference, or even when it was an eight. That most of them played
0: two. Get another one, yeah. You
1: know, I know the, the team I cover, <laughs> Iowa, uh, they're landlocked. They're they, locked
0: into Iowa State. They're locked yeah.
1: into Iowa State, and I think the lack of variety drives people crazy. Right, right. You know, so they would love But that's love a good them.
0: rivalry, too, though. It is. It I mean, is.
1: Uh, but, but you know, one, one on a side note, one thing I always thought would be perfect would be Minnesota and Iowa State playing at the Viking Stadium on Labor Day weekend. Yeah because Iowa State does travel very well they do. I've been I was at their bowl game this year and as well as Iowa's and uh, they you know it's only it's actually shorter uh, to Ames you know drive wise than sure. it, it, it is from Iowa City and if you're to play like a neutral site everybody gets half the crowd at Viking Stadium they would love to come up here um, to me you know that kickoff weekend that would be perfect yeah but, you know, who knows? it,
0: it and, and even with that, Minnesota people get a little antsy because Iowa State likes to come in here and recruit. So they yeah. don't, they, they, they're not big into that, uh, you know, into giving the other team exposure <laughs> as well. So it, it's a, there, there's there's all kinds of tentacles there. And now you got to schedule games out, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm looking at games the Gophers have scheduled. I'm like, I'll be 64 years old when that thing gets, <laughs> I, I hope I'm still alive when, when, when the Gophers play at Mississippi State. Yeah, wow, they've got that yeah. game, a home and home with Mississippi State scheduled. And I forget what year, but, um, and I and then uh, yeah so and that's what happens so I don't know how far that Iowa State matchup uh, goes out but um,
1: 2025.
0: 2025. so you know and y- you got to figure that that will get renewed right
1: yes but yeah. um, they have. At least on the Iowa side, they've kind of watched it a little bit just mm-hmm. because of what's happening with the Big 12. Right. And how does the Big 12 go yeah. through things? And and there's been some starch over the years about scheduling among those two programs and going all the way back to when both the 80s first started. And they uh, Iowa State changed the way it paid Iowa for its home yeah. gate. And finally, they eliminated the 20% rule where everybody got 20% of the home gate because yeah. Iowa State was doing it off an average game. You know, and this is uh-huh. back, this was back, now it'd be totally different today. Right. This was back when they would have sometimes like thirty thousand for a Colorado or somebody, yeah, right. and, and then sell it out for an Iowa or, or Nebraska, uh, and then Iowa would give them twenty percent of the home game from the Iowa State game. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a, that's way in the weeds, but it, it is. It, but it, it's all a factor. Yeah. yeah,
0: are bands still traveling back and forth, or is that because uh, right there was a, there was a couple oh, of issues yeah. with the bands, right?
1: That stopped that last a, year after it. the 2019 incident where the Iowa band was marching out of the stadium and yeah. got, uh, you know, there was some shoving and hitting and stuff by some fans and, Claims that, the, well, the band shouldn't have been marching there and people are saying, well, the people shouldn't have been hitting them either. Probably and, not. Yeah, yeah so, probably not. So well, that, that became an issue and almost to the point where the president at the time of Iowa said, well, maybe we won't play them anymore.
0: Yeah. So we've talked about the college football playoffs and how that may or may not impact. I, I think it will certainly impact whether there's divisions or not as as that gets decided. You know, 12 – Maybe divisions last if it's eight or for stays at four, certainly um, you would think that divisions are much more in peril. Um, how about the TV deal? How will the TV deal impact, if at all, and they're negotiating? And, and honestly, by the time some people listen to this, there could be some announcements on a TV deal, right? If you're a week from now as we yeah. tape this here, the last day of May, um, there could be something coming out about that. Um, what do you think on TV and how the impact might be on divisions? Because I could see TV trying to finagle like – we want more of uh, the upper ends matching up against each other. We want Wisconsin and Ohio State more than once every six years per se. You
1: know what? I think that th- if anything, they probably would like status quo. Okay, and, and it will come out. I mean the presidents and chancellors meet this weekend. Mm-hmm. So once that ends, that's probably when the proposal goes and they will be – it sounds like, at least from what I was told, two major networks, Fox being one of them, of course, and then two cable companies being a part of this. But if you're looking at it from the TV perspective, first of all, that, that it was an easy question to them and answer back was uh, about eight versus nine. And they were the same way when you'd have all those games. But, you know, even among – there were 18 Big Ten-only games that had 3.5 million viewers and uh, nine of which were cross-divisional. So Ohio State, Minnesota to kick off the season, Iowa-Penn State, those are the games that reached that threshold. And so they wanted to stay at nine. The Big Ten said, "Okay, we got you on this one. Uh, Going forward, though, if you're the... um, First of all, it's more intrigue, as we talked about that that going into that last weekend. Minnesota, Wisconsin got five million viewers. That was like more than a million more than Penn State, and Michigan State. Wow. Why? Because there was something at stake. Yeah, for
0: everybody. But, yeah, not just Minnesota and Wisconsin, right? It right. yeah, had at all Iowa watching. Exactly. Oh yeah, it was pretty
1: <laughs> intense in Iowa. Um, and plus, you had one of the two coolest trophies in sports, which yeah. Minnesota has a part of yeah. in, in my eyes. And then, but. Then, if you look at the East and those matchups, do you want to cut away from if you go with two protected teams every year? Then that's you play teams seven times over eleven years that you don't protect. So, does that mean that you'd rather have Michigan and Penn State seven over eleven or eleven over eleven? Right. That you know Michigan Penn State's going to get a ton of viewers. Same thing with um, you know Michigan State Penn State. You know that's kind of a was sort of protected for a while. Right. And, uh, and then likewise in the West, all the games we talked about. I always thought that Minnesota and Iowa kind of punted up a tear on TV because of Floyd Rosedale. Right. Because they love to tell the story of the pig. <laughs> they love and, it, yes. and they love to see people going over and carrying it off the field. So even the years where the teams weren't great, at least that they were playing for something that's, that's tangible that people enjoy watching. and And so I think that's where TV could come in and say – you know, and Gene Smith kind of hinted at this and said, "We've got a good thing going here. We just can't screw it up. Right. We just got to make sure it's better." So, it, if TV had its way, it might stay the same because you have divisional play going all the way to the last weekend, and you know, at least in the West, that may have something at stake. You have great rivalry games, trophy games, and not just. The, the victory bell with Penn State yeah, over right, Minnesota, right. <laughs> but, you know, Floyd and the axe yeah. and, you know, the bull for between Iowa, you know, and maybe eventually it'll be sanctioned, the, the chair. Broken.
0: The, yeah. Broken, whatever it is, yeah. bits of chair. Yeah. 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 That, uh, I don't know why people don't want to catch on to that because it was kind of an organic start to it, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing has happened with that much.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. better than the freedom trophy between Wisconsin and Nebraska, you Yeah, know, just, just create it, you create yeah. it in a marketing room, yeah. you know, but, right. uh, no, so I, I think TV would be probably more in favor favor of keeping the divisions cuz you have you protect those great matchups and then their suggestion is make sure to cycle th- over some of these games a little more frequently right. and and talking to Josh Whitman from Illinois who I really like I think yeah. he's he's a sharp guy and and he said you know I asked him what he learned during covid and he said one of the things we learned is we don't have to have these schedules out 8 or 9 years in advance right. and that and if maybe if they ceded a little bit of scheduling leeway to the center uh, to the Big Ten's you know office and say OK, we don't even need to know our opponents next year. If you wanted to make a more of a, a matchup that just you know, can bring people in, especially in a 12-team uh, playoff where maybe those matchups matter a little bit more and that brings more excitement, then, OK, in a typical year, Wisconsin may not be scheduled to play Ohio State or Penn State, but we're going to go ahead and, and shoehorn this in. Yeah, And then you take away a matchup for an Illinois or a Rutgers, maybe that helps them get into a bowl game.
0: Sure, yeah. You know, so right. Yeah, I, I I, that, that's an interesting thing because you see that, you know, even in the NFL, to a certain degree, they're scheduling, mm-hmm. right? You you um, and, and this is why I still like divisionals, because even then, it's a four-team division, so yeah. you're like, well, you're only playing six division games. True, but in that division, those same teams that are playing the other... You know, like you know, yeah. it's the NFC North, for example, and yeah. on a given year they might all then play every team from the AFC East. Yes. So there's still some equity, and I get it. There, you know, and then they do some competitive things where the the winner of that division, will then yeah. they have another partner division where the right. winner of last year's division plays the winner of that division, and mm-hmm. second place plays second. So it does give maybe you know, some advantages to some teams that might need a little boost up that don't have all the advantages at the top. And I'm not for creating parity per se, but I do think there's some, maybe, you know, there's some, I think the ACC, they don't announce their conference schedule. It's like two years in advance, is all right? And it's not even dates. They just say, mm-hmm. here's who you're playing, I think, right? something. Yeah,
1: well, this year it was uh January Yeah. for who, who they were playing and the dates. It so was just like, for this coming year. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So – I don't see any problem with that either. I think that would make things interesting. And I think that it allows um, inequities to be addressed too. Now, the the system that they have set up now isn't so bad. The COVID year kind of threw everything for a loop for like for Iowa, Ohio State, it was supposed to happen. Right. But if you have um, right now you have one kind of protected crossover in the East, you know, Minnesota was Maryland for yeah. six years, which kind of make
0: a what? Yeah. You know, but, but that was, it was, although I think, I don't know. I think Minnesota was four and two in that time, but that, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And that's what like Nebraska was mad. They had yeah. Ohio state, right. right. And that's where yeah. that caused that, that caused that rift between Indiana yeah. and, uh, and Nebraska when Indiana won that game a couple years ago. Cause exactly. there was a little shot, I think taken from the Husker yeah. side to the Hoosier side, but anyway, right. uh, as a total sidebar, but
1: yeah. And I mean, you know, Iowa, Penn state was as ex- interesting of a you know, six game series as you got. Yeah. So you had those those games and then now they're on the second cycle, which is supposed to be a six year block. I think that's too many. It's yeah. like I was as ruckers.
0: Eventually to create the total balance is a thirty six year deal. Yes, it is. It takes thirty six years, yep. right, to, to to complete the six six year cycles.
1: Yep, because uh, Indiana and Purdue are, are the one protected. Yeah, and, right. And so you're trying to compensate for that. I think a three year block is probably preferable. And in that three year block you're supposed to play everybody. Yeah. You know, and then the next time you're supposed to cycle out, but that's I, I think at some point maybe you just mess around with it a little yeah. bit more and you get some better matchups.
0: Okay, so we're going to open this little Pandora's box. Could TV also be pushing for the Big Ten to add a couple teams? Uh, and if so, if there's expansion on the table, could eventually that wouldn't be soon, but some point see. Uh, a more NFL model for four, you know, add two teams and have four four team divisions, and then you cross over and and you have more of a you know everyone plays, uh, you know. The, I'm just making names up. The yeah. Big Ten North against yeah. the Big Ten Southeast uh, those years, and obviously the North teams play each other. Is expansion on the table? Does not sound to be the case, you yeah. know.
1: And I think last year it could have been. And I think the potential's there, but you'd you'd really have to add those teams that add value. I mean, you know, we can all discuss Maryland, Rutgers, and how right. much value it at at the time it did because it got BTN in, penetrated into those markets. But now that that kind of penetration doesn't matter as much. You know, are they good or right. bad additions? We can debate that. It's a um,
0: long plane ride, I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I can't believe Maryland did yeah. that. Yeah. I know they needed the money, but think about Maryland. I'm, again, yeah. jumping in here. Sorry, but you think about I've, when we fly that from Minnesota out there, and it's, I guess that'd be the second longest flight, but I can't imagine Maryland basketball especially. I mean, they're flying to Madison, Wisconsin on a Tuesday night. They play an 8 o'clock Central Time game. Flying in, yeah. in the meantime, they gave up, you know, Bus rides to Charlottesville and bus yeah. rides to Raleigh and bus rides to Durham and, and all that great tradition. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they did that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, financially, obviously, it worked out well. But, man, I, I mean, we and the golfers aren't a great road draw in football, yeah. but they don't draw anybody for football. Yeah. I mean, we were down there one year and we couldn't have been half full, mm. you know.
1: It was a decent one that I went to this year. It was a Friday night game. Oh yeah, I remember.
0: We were and, watching from a Buffalo Wild Wings in West Lafayette. There you go. I yeah, think yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there.
1: Uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was full for a while. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and that it was, was pretty like, empty. 50 and, to, and, they, that, yeah, they, uh, you know that that was that was the story of Iowa's season all those interceptions yeah. every and That's that, that, that six I think yeah, in the game
1: but, it's crazy. but you know Maryland also is the big 10 120 million dollars yeah. because it borrowed a lot of money to right. keep up when when it wasn't a vested member and Rutgers I think it's 40 million mm-hmm. so there's a lot of numbers there that that matter that need to get paid back at some point or at least well, here's the bigger slice of the of the network pie. You're gonna, we're yeah. going to hold back this and recycle it through the membership. But uh, you know, just. Uh it is fascinating with Maryland um because they'd had that kind of tradition Nebraska yeah. knew what it was getting into yeah. I don't I think Maryland and I talked to Big Ten officials about this that they said you know they had a great big welcome party for Nebraska Rutgers couldn't be happier they had to be much more subdued with Maryland because the fan base was not for it they loved yeah, their no rivalries. question.
0: I, I don't know how you, I mean it'd be like um it'd be like people coming into uh, Minnesota and saying hey you're gonna go play in the ACC because it's more money yeah. and you're going to fly to play Virginia Tech and yeah. God bless the you know the Hokies, but that's you know that's not Iowa. It's not right. Wisconsin. It, it's just crazy to me. Now Nebraska to me, yeah. I'm probably in a minority because I think a lot of Big Ten fans, Iowa, Minnesota, especially, are like, ah, Nebraska. If they went back to the Big Twelve, I'd be fine with it. I love Nebraska uh-huh. in the Big Ten. I, I think it offers enough. Uh, one because one, it's a great trip. It's yeah. it's a great trip for fans to go to. It's a great stadium. Their fans are enthusiastic. It, it, you know, and, and I, I joke with people in Nebraska. They have the nicest fans in person. Like you go to the game, it's great. Tailgaters are awesome. They are they are not very nice on social media though. It's unbelievable. It's like man, calm down. But they thought they'd come into the Big Ten and win the division yeah. every year, and they haven't. So it, it's an interesting deal. But I I like Nebraska in the Big Ten. I think I'm probably amongst, let's say, Badger, Hawkeye, and Gopher fans, maybe in the minority on that. But I, I like that game. I like that Nebraska game.
1: There is a lot. It, it has turned into a real social media starchy war yeah. between Iowa and Nebraska in yeah. particular because their fans are kind of in the same... Uh, different points I mean I, I'm gonna downgrade both of them here I'm gonna throw both in there I'm gonna say Iowa fans are too insecure and Nebraska fans are too self-righteous Sure. and they just it's like oil and water yeah. I mean oil oil and fire you know right. when they really go at it it gets pretty vicious and so uh, whereas Wisconsin and Minnesota fans are more with each other. They're not as yeah. much, although they, it does get pretty feisty yeah. from time to time, It can time get too. feisty,
0: yes. <laughs> and and that, that rivalry, I think, is also fueled because the hockey rivalry over the years yeah. has been pretty good also. And, uh, you know, here it's a big hockey state. Now, if there is expansion, you mentioned what teams. So Maryland and Rutgers at the time made sense from a financial standpoint. Um, and with the ACC locked into their TV rights, it, you're not going to probably raid that league again. Notre Dame's kind of tied in for a while. you probably got to go west, right? Yeah.
1: That would be the one that you would go to naturally, and I think you look at what the Pac-12 is or isn't. It's had so many issues with its media rights and, and its Pac-12 network that I think you you look at what which ones add value. And obviously, the LA market, mm-hmm. Northern California market, um, Oregon, uh, Washington itself, and then you know Utah does it or doesn't. Yeah, it not.
0: Colorado maybe.
1: Right, yeah. the Arizona schools. I mean, they all have different the structures. And then, you know, and I think that was what part of the um, partnership, the alliance, was about was trying to Kind of work together on some things. For scheduling. sure, the, the
0: Pac-12 wanted that because yeah. they didn't want to, you know, they don't want to lose USC to the Big Ten, right? Yeah,
1: they didn't want to get rated, and yeah. you know, and you look at Oklahoma and Texas now moving out. What does that mean for the Big Twelve? There's really nothing that you would say if you're the Big Ten. You, you know, people talk about Kansas basketball, Well, basketball just does not move yeah. the needle financially. Or you know, I mean, I think I want to say like the last uh, game for at home for Mike Krzyzewski, Um was rated below like eight bowl games. Yeah, I mean, so it's just not. It just isn't. You're, you're right. You know, yeah, you know. So, I would say you'd probably looking at something like a neighborhood of six, eight teams that way if you're gonna go. But then, how would you divide the league up? How would right. you you'd structure it? Would you go seven, seven, eight and let them play each other? What does it mean for Olympic sports? You know, those are the ones that are really. It's it's one thing for football because one game a week, it's on the weekend. You fly and. You know, yeah, it's another hour in the plane. You know, except for us media, me media, yeah. meaning we got you know layovers and stuff. Sure, but, yeah, but or for fans, but but I think um, when you start to look at uh, you know Olympic sports, track teams, or you know golf or tennis or volleyball, that's when the trip's really bad. Even basketball too. You're right. You know, midweek Week nights,
0: and, volleyball yeah. have have midweek games now. And at some point, right, if you have too many teams, then where where do you like? They're just you know, you're, you're you're in trouble because you gotta. It, I, I guess with streaming now, but um, you know, you gotta. The old argument was all conference games in the Big Ten would be on TV. Mm-hmm. Not you don't have to call them up. You know, men's right. uh, basketball, women's has not gotten there yet. I think it should. Um, do you have overflow channels? How will that work? And and where do you go? So it you know, there's got to be at some point a limit, um, and maybe. I don't know 10 years from now 20 years from now we, we could be probably at a point, and I'd hate it because I love the Big Ten I grew up a Big Ten guy yeah. we'd be at the point where there's there are no conferences you just have what 64 56 something like that teams and yeah. and it almost be like a bigger version of the NFL you just got national games and cash the checks.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't like stink. Any right? Part of that. Yeah. What's that? It would stink. Yeah, it
0: would. But I, I don't. I. I. In twenty years, if you and I are still around and we're doing huh. this podcast, I would not be stunned if that's what how we would be talking about college football.
1: Oh, I agree, and I think the the things that are worth watching not today, not two thousand thirty, but two thousand forty, as you mm-hmm. said, are. I think you want to make sure that the teams in the Big Ten that generate the best revenue remain happy mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, an Ohio State, a Michigan, a Penn State. As much as you can kind of thumb your nose right. at them for this, but you want to keep them in the Big Ten. Yeah. You don't want to have them go, you know what, maybe we should join this uh, SEC super conference, yeah. you know, and then your biggest, best teams leave, and then you're kind of stuck. And And I think you got to be careful about that. I think the Big Ten still remains pretty locked arm-in-arm. Yeah. But in 20 years. Who knows? knows? And, uh, you know, TV makes a big difference. Whatever that package looks like, it's going to be probably more streaming in 20 years. Uh, Right now, I think the Big Ten is concentrating more on maintaining its linear package, but maybe have a streaming component to it. I think that's probably fair.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if when they announce in the next week or two the TV deal, whoever it is, I think obviously Fox has got the big piece of it now, ESPN and NBC and CBS and others, that if they don't introduce some small, like an NFL-style Thursday night, Amazon yeah. Prime kind of a game. I, I'm not saying they do it every week, but maybe a five games. I wouldn't be surprised. If it doesn't happen, I wouldn't be surprised either. But just to introduce it. You know, Notre Dame did that a little yeah. with the Peacock app. I think Toledo mm-hmm. was not on any TV. Just I think they just have to That's test correct. it. And Amazon Prime or Netflix or whoever, Hulu, I don't know, they all, have, they all want subscribers. And Big Ten is content that people will pay for. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if even this most new the newest package would include a small number of football games just to just to feel the market out and cash a check.
1: They thought about that. And and I, is it out? It, it hasn't been finalized yet, but that is something that they're strongly considering. And But they're also very fearful of completely leaving linear yeah. at this point, because so many, especially with football. It's a
0: legit fear, too. Yeah. I mean...
1: And maybe it's a... I don't know what kind of window they're... You know, I mean, the last package went only six years, and voila, here we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, the next one will probably include some sort of streaming option. And And one thing that wouldn't surprise me is... I mean, TNT is being a heavy player in this. So if it's, say, TNT over the air and Amazon Prime shows the same game, stream it. Sure. So then that way, you know, for people who have cut the cord, it's available on Amazon Prime. Or people want to watch a linear option. If you got two different options of the same game, that might be one way to dip your toe in the water and still get paid both ways.
0: Do you think ESPN will be a piece of it?
1: If I was to guess right now, and this is only a guess, mm-hmm. I would say no. Really? I, if I was to... I would say right now you got Fox and FS1 for sure, and of yep. course BTN. And then it depends on the day, but it's I think it's going to be NBC. I, I think NBC or CBS, one of the right. two,
0: and I think it'll be NBC. And I think TNT might might pull through. Have, have, and remember, TNT and CBS already have the basketball yeah, partnership. Right. So if there's because there's got to be enough places to yeah. put games. Like that's the one thing ESPN has is channels. Yeah. Like you can you, you got ESPN U, the 2, the 1, the yeah. news, the U whatever. Yeah. Um where like an NBC where where are you going to put they can play you know a game after the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And now you've got four other games, you know, in basketball. Where are all those, you know, basketball games going to fall? Um and so maybe there's partnerships that can be struck there too. Like CBS has their CBS Sports Network. Yeah. I think that hits like 65 million households. Yeah. If if all of a sudden a game that normally would have been on ESPN2 shows up on CBS Sports Network, I don't think anyone's going to create a big problem there, right? No. But if all of a sudden a game is like, oh, well, the Minnesota-Purdue game is going to be on the Peacock app, yeah. now you might have some people... Losing their minds.
1: Exactly. Right? (laughs) You know, that's what we're dealing with. You know, we've dealt with it in basketball a lot, you know, where people have been, you know, and, and of course, the state we were at, they had to – in Iowa, you had – so much of that was submerged on local over-the-air networks that when that was taken away and went to BTN, and then some of those games didn't even appear, whereas even the – the lowest November game yeah. would always still appear on on one of the over air yeah. networks. That was tough for a lot of fans, and I still don't think that their basketball program has recovered because of that. You're right, fifteen years ago. Yeah, and
0: and even even here a little bit with hockey, you see yeah. it because every Friday and Saturday you knew where the Gopher hockey team yeah. would be, and now all of a sudden it's maybe BTN. You know, if it's Notre Dame, it's on the Peacock yeah. app, and and some every now and then ESPNU will pop up and like, where's the Gopher hockey game tonight? Oh, it's on ESPNU. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so where it used to just be the same, you know, and Minnesota had that too back in the day with the Midwest Sports Channel where yeah. every basketball game was Dick Bramer and Jim Dutcher and yeah. you'd watch it and then you'd listen to Ray on the radio and you knew. And um, so that, that had, and it, you know, way back, you yeah. know, it was the Thursday Thursday, you know, travel Saturday. partners, Thursday, Saturday, and everybody yes. played. Well, now you need content for every night. So right. you got time slots to fill. Um, well, let's quickly here I've, – I've already kept you longer than I promised, but you <laughs> always uh, are delivering great stuff. Scott Docterman with us from The Athletic. Um, the Big Ten – uh, West race. We, we we think we'll have divisions in 2022, right? They're not oh, going to yeah. shortchange that, right?
1: That is for sure. Yeah, for
0: sure. that's yeah. A, that that yeah. so good. So we got one more at least. Um, <laughs> uh, the Big Ten West should be fun. I think you got the Hawkeyes as the defending champ. You've got Wisconsin, who every year is picked as a favorite, and I think they're still the you know they've been to five uh, you know championship games, uh, including. Now, that said, they haven't been there since, what, 18, right? Mm, Yeah, that's Uh, correct. Yeah, Yeah. since 18. So, uh, you know, they haven't been there for a couple years. And Minnesota has knocked on the door two of the last three years um, and really like three of the last five or six. So, you know, they're hanging around. And Northwestern, God bless them, they've been to two here in the last four years. So, um, you know, they won, what, one game last year in the Big Ten. They were not very competitive last year. So uh, what's your handicap of uh, 2022 Big Ten West?
1: Wow, it's going to be wide open. It, and that's the good thing about the Big Ten West to me is because you've got these rivalries. You've got games. You've got teams that play a certain way except one in Purdue. Mm-hmm. They play right. a completely different way. And I think that they all could kind of match up with one another. And, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa and, and to some extent Minnesota are brute force teams. Yeah. You know, really like to beat you to death on the line of scrimmage. And then Nebraska, nobody could figure out Nebraska. Uh,
0: Nebraska <laughs> and, hasn't figured that yeah, out yet. Right. Yeah, they yeah. haven't yeah. figured
1: themselves out yet. Illinois is trying to be in that same – and I think they will get there with Belama. Uh, Northwestern took a real step back. I thought defensively as much Oof. as anything. Defensively, every year they were near the top of the Big Ten. You knew how they were going to play with, right. with Hankowitz, and now that's changed. And so I wonder if they could get back to that. Um, Purdue, I think, will be very strong, even though and they, they lost. have the
0: easy schedule yeah. this year, right? right? So they have the benefit of that.
1: Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a three way between this. North, I call it the Northwest Triangle. eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Minnesota, Iowa, and uh, Wisconsin. They all play what, on each other's turf uh, late in the year. So that's that
0: November is going to be crazy, right. right? I mean, nuts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know I love it that Iowa, and Minnesota are playing on it's old traditional weekend, yeah. the, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So it, it's gonna and it's up here. So that's gonna be really fun to watch, and I think it'll be an exciting game. And um, Iowa. Wisconsin, I believe, is just right before that, and then I know, of course, Iowa went and the Axe game and Iowa, yeah. Nebraska, end the season. So I look at it as it's going to be about quarterback play. Yeah, and everybody's quarterback has been, except at Purdue, has been kind of an issue. So if if you see uh, you know Spencer Petras take a step forward, if you see Graham Mertz take a step forward, if you see you know Tanner Morgan, you know in year six take yeah. a step forward,
0: it be a if good... he's back to the twenty nineteen. Exactly. Which he's now reunited with that offensive coordinator, right. you know exactly. The and hope is that there's a step forward there.
1: You know, healthy Chris Otman Bell. Yeah. I mean, if if they can, repl- if Minnesota can replace its offensive line, which was yeah. terrific, physical, very very experienced last year, if they can maintain, I think John uh, Michael Schmitz. I've mentioned this. I vote for the All American teams, and I think he's the best returning center in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think Minnesota's got a very good chance of being in that conversation and winning it because, frankly to hold the ball for 40 minutes in Iowa City and not come out with a win. Was a little bit surprising. I don't think those statistics happen very
0: often. Yeah, no, you're right. And that was, the, you know, that's a game that uh, that sticks in the craw. And, and for Minnesota, that has, you know, that that's really the next step for them because they're two and two in the last four with Wisconsin, and they just haven't beaten Iowa. PJ has, you know, he's dominated Purdue. Knock on wood, he's yeah. dominated Nebraska for the most part. Um, you know, he's he's handled uh, other teams. You know, he's handled Northwestern here and there. Um, you know, and he's I think zero and five. No, zero yeah, zero and five. Against Iowa, right? Or zero six? I'm losing track of time yeah. here. I'm getting too old to remember. But anyway, he hasn't yeah. beaten Iowa, and they outplayed him probably in Iowa City last year, yeah. and had to settle for field goals. And remember, in 2019, same thing. That yeah. whole year, that was a, that was mm-hmm. that was a flip of the script. I go back to that game because Minnesota almost never kicked field goals. They were scoring touchdowns yeah. like crazy. And Iowa, remember um, who was the kid that won? um the, the kicker that had like 100 field goals oh, that like year? Keith Duncan, uh, yeah. Keith Duncan, the yeah. kid out of North Carolina. Um, and then in that game, yeah. Iowa scored three touchdowns on three straight red zone trips, and Minnesota had to kick a field goal, and they missed one, and it was 20 to whatever, 17 to three, or 20 to three. And, um, and that was, you know, an Iowa or a Minnesota ended up putting up like 480 mm-hmm. on a really good Iowa defense, but couldn't win because they were kicking field goals, mm-hmm. which was. The non-script, the, the right. tables were kind of turned. So that's always been a good rivalry. But um, your friend and mine, Justin Guard, we were at Northwestern last year. The Gophers were getting ready to play that game. There wasn't a big crowd as usual, and mm-hmm. you know, and that, I'm not throwing stones because I know the Gophers haven't always drawn well either. But they were at that time the defending champ, yeah. and they had won it, you know, two years prior to that. So they had won two of the last three uh, Big Ten West divisions, and we're looking down. And JG says to me. How 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 do these guys do it? How did they win two of the last three Big Ten champion, West championships? And I said, well, I don't know how they did it. Style doesn't matter. What they have done over the years is they've beaten Wisconsin sometimes, yeah. and they've beaten Iowa just a little more than sometimes. Yeah. And in the West, if you beat Wisconsin sometimes and Iowa a little bit more than sometimes, yeah. you're probably going to be in India a couple of times. Right. And that's what Minnesota hasn't done. They've they've beat Wisconsin two of the last four, but they haven't. Don't, you don't even have to beat them both, but I mean, obviously, if you beat them both, you're in real good shape, right? But that's the next step for PJ is to, to beat Iowa finally.
1: Well, you look at to me, the, the greatest race among the three when they're all other than last year was probably 2019, yeah, where Minnesota's only losses were to those two teams, yep. um. Iowa lost at Wisconsin, twenty four twenty two, when Nate Stanley got stood up at the goal line. What,
0: what a what a play! And right? that
1: I tell you what, that sounded just like a giant axe hitting a tree. It was yeah. that loud yeah. in that stadium when it happened. And he got he was three inches short of a two point conversion that would have sent the game into overtime. So uh, that's how close it was. And then you look at that game again. You know, if it wasn't for AJ Epineza, really on defense, yeah. that um, you know Minnesota would have won that game. Or you know, came down to the end up here in that snowstorm or whatever that cold. <laughs> yeah. Day. And uh, I wonder where the Dilly Bar still on the field that day. That's a
0: good question. They, they, uh, they, they actually. The, so the Dilly Bar story that they ha- he had to go up to the press box to get that Dilly yeah. Bar and then come back down. Uh, Dilly, bar Dan, or, or Dilly Bar Dan. He's the uh, he's the guy in charge of the uh, coach's headphones. That's great. That's I great. love that. Yeah, uh, always a good picture. But
1: those are just and I mean I have a million stories about Floyd or Rosedale, but you know there's just there's so much yep. history and rich tradition among those three teams. That's what I don't want to see broken up. You're right. You know, I wrote a column about a week ago, and I said, it's not complicated, Big Ten and SEC for that matter. Protect the most important ones. And if if for Iowa, that's three, and if for Maryland, that's zero, so what?
0: They can figure out formulas, You right?
1: It's just, you know— let them, you know, they've done it with, they've done these little hangnails before. Indiana-Purdue is a hangnail. And if Iowa plays um, rotates six games every year, Maryland rotates nine, who cares? You know, they play Illinois with greater frequency, so what?
0: And it's, it's, it can be complicated, but there's smart people that can figure out complicated things. Yeah, we're talking
1: about games, not invasions. Right, exactly.
0: A (laughs) hundred percent. Well, and and honestly, you know, look, if you hung uh, Maryland with Penn State, that's a border rival. And they did have a pretty good rivalry for a while over the course of time, so I you know put them with Maryland and let those two have fun and
1: exactly yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know they, it's fine they could play on eleven a.m. On, yeah. on BTN or FS1 or TNT yeah. or it probably it.
0: would draw pretty well and, and yeah. we, we, I'm having a little fun with that but that that seems like a decent rivalry Rutgers can tag on there yeah. like if I'm Michigan State I'm a little fearful because I, I like if you're Minnesota like I said earlier you're play if if you've got three protected rivals you know that's that's tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, Competitively than if Northwestern has to play Indiana, Purdue, and Illinois every year, right. and if you're Michigan State, do you get protected with Ohio State and Michigan.
1: Yeah. Because my guess is Penn State probably. And Penn
0: State, you know, so then, two of those three probably.
1: Yeah. May, yeah. Probably. Michigan for sure. Right. Penn State, probably. And then maybe Northwestern or Indiana. Yeah. They really want to be with Northwestern. It was really weird with that legends and leaders situation. I talked to like every AD that was associated with that. And Mark Hollis at the time was the AD at at Michigan State. And he said, other than the Michigan rivalry, I was demanding we play Northwestern every year because we have such a big base of of alumni in in Chicago Chicago, Mm -hmm. and that's where we recruit. So we, we wanted to play Northwestern every year in the same division. Penn State did not matter to me. As much as that yeah. So and so you have that element. Everyone's
0: got their own yeah. uh, Wants and needs And that's what They'll have to figure out Well hey Scott How can we read your stuff Over the course of time
1: Yeah just go to Theathletic.com And uh, you can check us out We we have layers here You know You can if You're twins Vikings uh, You know Wild Some yeah. great writers We have here You got, you got Johnny
0: Athletic You got Mike Russo I yeah. mean you got Yeah And, and uh, Chad Graff And man a lot, yeah. a lot of good A lot of really good writers
1: Absolutely And so you can check out Your favorite protein teams and, and as well as college football. And we do do, you know, we don't have a dedicated Gophers reporter, but we do cover the Gophers mm-hmm. along with everybody else. So we do have stories on them. So yeah, check, check me out at The Athletic. Got to read about your hated rivals yeah, and, then, right. and then your favorite team.
0: Well, there's always good info. And if uh, people want to follow you on Twitter to, to uh, directly get your stuff.
1: Yeah. At Scott Doctorman.
0: Very easy enough. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. There he is, Scott Doctorman from The Athletic with some great inside info on the Big Ten and what the immediate and long-term future of the Power Conference may or may not look like. I hope you enjoyed our conversation on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 22. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today we're also sponsored by state farm agent tony hoagland brandon morton is our producer and technical expert and again i'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and please be sure to subscribe to the go go podcast right now it's absolutely free to listen and please share the link on your social media channels and don't forget to get us your questions for the upcoming mailbag segment hit me with your questions at my twitter handle mikegrim3 or hashtag your question or comment hashtag go we'll talk again next week